Hello, everybody, and welcome to, uh, well, I think we're going to call, I think you're calling this the second last-ish episode of the uh, Lean Toss-Up CDL uh, betting podcast for the 2021 season. Uh, I am joined uh, by Ryan, uh, my uh, friend and, and colleague here as we break down these matches. How are you doing today, Ryan? I'm doing good. Still trying to recover from the craziness that was Major 5. I think um, no one's going to argue that that was by far the most entertaining and the most chaotic uh, event of the year. So still trying to wrap my head around all the things that happened there. But otherwise, I'm doing well. I'm getting ready for champs. It's you know still a, a week away, but uh, there's a lot to talk about. And uh, yeah, I'm excited to get into it. Exactly. Yeah, that that event was crazy. I, I think if you're a fan, a relatively new fan of the CDL, I think that that is the best event you've ever seen. I, I like if if you started watching the CDL at the at its beginning in in 2020, cursed year. Imagine thinking back to be like, oh yeah, this started in 2020. Oh no. Um, but no, if you started watching in in I think it was like February of 2020, right? Then this has been easily the best tournament of the of the entire of the entire CDL, right? I mean, obviously there's some older tournaments that are that are really great too. Like you go to 2019 champs, that tournament was awesome. There's so many good games, so many amazing moments from that. Um, but like you, but like in terms of most recent tournaments, this is clearly the best one. Insane upsets. The it is extremely hard to not call the surge upset of Atlanta the greatest upset of all time in the CDL. Like. Maybe on paper there was another matchup somewhere that was technically a bigger upset based on betting lines, possibly. But you, but the thing is, again, you can't argue from like a pool play perspective that there was a massive upset when like they had like like it, sure there may be an upset in like a pool play somewhere. But like again, when you have that many things on the line and you're in front of live screaming fans, like no, this counts more. I'm, I'm sorry, it, it counts for more. It was literally the team who had the least amount of CDL points all season against a team that by far had the most like it, it's hard to not think of that as the greatest upset of all time what do you what do you think about that one specifically yeah no i agree like you know the first match that comes to mind is maybe a bigger upset that happened this year would be like when lag beat atlanta and like a lot of people forget that that even happened because it happened like it was buried like right in the middle of the regular season so like maybe that was a you know a bigger surprise than when Seattle won just a week ago, but um, or two weeks ago I should say. But yeah, I mean we remember the most important games. So it's like you know if you're watching any other league, the NFL, the you know NBA, you know the the big upsets are typically like there's a lot that happened in the regular season, but like you know when a regular season is so long like those are bound to happen we don't expect upsets like this to happen at a major tournament you know in losers bracket like it it was yeah it was absolutely nuts it was fun to see um when we recorded our last episode i was you know kind of hoping that atlanta would fall into losers bracket just to see how they would react to that how the bracket would play out from there i did not and i mean no one thought that atlanta would just get you know double bounced and out of the tournament with from you know losing to rocker and then losing to surge but like anything can happen like this league is nuts i know months ago we talked about how like chalky it was like it just felt like every match was just favorite after favorite after favorite and i think this major just like completely brought that back of just because i mean you look at just about every matchup and you can go hey that was maybe an upset and like 
it was yeah so exciting to watch and you know most of the maps even were really close and even matches that like you probably don't care about like they had a lot of good maps in them so it was just overall a, a great weekend to cod and i'm hoping that champs can at least somewhat live up to what major five had for us yeah exactly right and and i think that's the point right we called it the chalk league i think for how many straight weeks just like an insane amount of time right and like and we weren't wrong it's not like we were wrong we 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 called it the chalk league we i made the chalkiest like parlays i have like just so unbelievably chalky and they just cashed like effortlessly like it was insane we had a saturday i think with like 12 i think what nine maps on a saturday of like literally just three straight three o's like it was it was insane how how predictable this league was at one point in time and now we're finally seeing upsets and and it's it's good it, it's good for the health of the league and it's 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 obviously good to make some money off of too but it's it's really important that you have a league that has some unpredictability because if not then, then what are you even watching for right who cares if nothing fun or interesting will ever happen i think um the the phase upset though Seattle's upset a phase I think it was like it needs to be said that it was like literally perfect it was like it was perfectly designed because you have phase falling from the winners bracket so you have a phase team trending down and you have a Seattle team trending up because they're on land and they had gone into I remember Octane saying before they're like yeah let's see what we could do let's see if we can disrupt someone like we can't go to champs but like they're, they're like they they were doomed they know they were, their season was doomed they knew their season was done basically after this event they had it was like basically there's nothing that's like we have we're playing on house money right like what if we got to lose and then you get into there it's the, basically the second match in front of live fans for the entire year actually and then you get there and then you've got the team the the crowd backing you you've got a phase team that's that lost the day before and they want to get back into this and you've got the entire fan base like all the fans are cheering for you and again this is the point right because if you're if you're like in a regular traditional sports environment like you'll have a mix of different fans and if you're the home team and like if this was a game played in Seattle like theoretically this was a, a sports game right like if this was um Seattle versus the, the Falcons and the Falcons were massive favorites and they were going to Seattle then like sure the stadium would would not be full at all it'd be like half full you'd have some fans from Seattle but you wouldn't have a ton of fans right and and the opposite right but when you're in this massive arena, the fans are there for other teams, right? Like the fan, there was a ton of optic fans. There was a ton of Dallas fans, a ton of Minnesota fans, et cetera. Right. They were there anyways. They got the ticket for free. They got to sit there. And when you're there and, and you're watching just, a, you're just watching a game, who's cheering for the minus 1200 favorite. Who literally is going to cheer for the, Oh man, this, who's going to cheer for the juggernaut phase team. That's, that's insane. Like, of course they're going to cheer for the underdog. They're going to cheer for the team. That's been basically ruining the league all season, just like destroying it all season. Of course they're going to root for the under upset. And then it happens. And it, it, when it happens, it's absolutely magical. And, I hope we see more of this. I I really do. I mean, with the with a new franchise league and and kind of and more kind of built in things like that, we're gonna with a more kind of rigid structure to a league. I I think we might see more upsets like this going forward, especially when we get in front of live fans. Um, so so that's one thing. Um, I think one more thing to say about the major is the obviously the final. We have to talk a little bit about the final. Now I'm obviously from Canada, we're Canadian website, so obviously I'm a I'm a Toronto fan. I believe you've said before you're a Minnesota fan, right? 
I, I, so Minnesota was like the first team I kind of backed last year when I got into all this. But um, since then, I, if I have to pick one team, I'd pick Dallas. But Minnesota is, you know, close to my heart. I would say. So. Oh, well, congratulations. I was happy to see him win. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Congratulations <laughs> to you. That was that is a great. And honestly, I'm happy to see a different team other than face wins. So that's that's fine. Again, I'm sad of of Ultra losing, but. At the same point in time, it has to be said, because I think a lot of people have called this the greatest comeback in the history of esports, and there is a very strong argument for that, that that's fine. But the problem with with saying that, though, is it kind of undercuts what actually happened. What literally happened was Toronto blew up Minnesota for four straight maps, and then Minnesota blew up Toronto for five straight maps, and then Minnesota won the major because of it. And it actually a lot of it actually was the, the tempo pacing, because you game one hard point, Toronto blew out. Game two search, Toronto blew out. Game three control, Toronto blowout. Game four hard point, Toronto blowout. Then you're immediately back to a search, Minnesota win. Control, Minnesota win. Another search, Minnesota win. Then a hard point, Minnesota win. And then another search. So basically, there was only one more hard point left. That was the closest of the remaining five maps. And that was the map that Minnesota did pull out. That was the Apocalypse, which Apocalypse can be a bit swingy. But the real story is the fact that Toronto had the momentum in those respawns, which is a which has been a consistent problem for them all year. And like I, I literally was betting through for the thing, and I was basically I, I, I bet on the the Toronto minus spread for that for the game four hard point. And they cashed it, and it was closer. And then I was about to bet the the Toronto spread on the on the search, but I'm like, oh no! And I saw what map it was, and it is Miami. And I'm like, oh no! We have horrible. We have done horrible on this map all year. I'm like, I'm not touching this. And then, sure enough, that was the beginning of the comeback, right? So, it, it's weird to like it when people say it's the greatest comeback in the history of esports. It's true, but it really undercuts what happened. And the fact is, you have two teams that can play like basically flawless COD, and it's it's basically like we it was basically we had two series. We had one series that Toronto won four nothing, and then we have another series that Minnesota won five nothing. And I mean, again, so it's hilarious that. Minnesota wins three straight in the winners bracket finals. Toronto then wins four straight. Minnesota wins five straight. So obviously the alternative is Toronto will now win the next six straight matches against Minnesota. <laughs> I mean, this is the thing, yeah. right? Do you do you feel like by just calling it the greatest upset, we're missing a bit of a piece of what happened there, or do you think that, uh, or do you think that it basically just tells the story of just like it was a close? Like, do you feel like saying calling it a close match was is fair or not? Yes and no. I mean, you kind of laid it out well. I mean, it is a, like at the end of the day, it's a 5-4. Like Minnesota won the match, you know, in nine games, which means that the series as a whole, like the teams were relatively evenly matched. Like Minnesota pulled out one more win. And it's like, you got to play nine games. So they won the ninth one. So yeah, it, it's close. I think Minnesota, the last major proved that Minnesota can hang with everybody and they can beat anyone. And really like, we know that as long as you're not Paris or London, uh, I guess Seattle kind of got themselves out of the basement with what they did last weekend. Like as long as you're not those teams, like you can in theory really beat anybody. And yeah, Minnesota was well-prepared and they knocked off some tough competition. Like their run is impressive. Like they took out Atlanta in four games that had not been done before by anybody. Um, Toronto beat Atlanta in eight games in a best of nine way back in the second major, but like in a best of five, you know, like it's always taken a team to game five and Minnesota did it in four, albeit not super convincingly. Like, like they, they no doubt won the series. They beat uh, Atlanta in both hard points. Although 
both were, you know, within one hill. Uh, 250 to 11 was the first one, and 250 to 205 was the second one. They squeaked by a 6-5 Express versus Atlanta, uh, and Atlanta was able to 3-0 in control. So, like, you add all that up, and, yeah, you get a Minnesota 3-1. But I think something that gets overlooked, and, like, it's no doubt, like, the most disappointing event for Atlanta all year, and they're probably at the lowest point they've been all year. With all that being said, I don't think their performance at the last major was horrible. Like, losing to Minnesota at the time felt like a really, really bad loss. Like, it's your first loss in four games. It's to Minnesota, who are, you know, a pretty middle-of-the-pack team. I don't think anyone really, you know, pre-major five had Minnesota in, like, their top four, really. But, um, yeah, so you lose to Minnesota in four, and you're like, eh, that's not great. Um, and then you get to Seattle and you lose to them. Now, you know, Seattle's tough, right? Cause it's like on land, they were, you know, a, if you just took land into account, they're probably like a top six team. Like they did really well on both, um, both majors on land. So you take into all that, you're, excuse me, you take that into account and, you know, losing to Seattle in five games still isn't great. You still would expect Atlanta to win in you know, three or four, and they lose in five. But again, the map's relatively close outside of game one. So, you know, Atlanta lose 250-174 to Seattle. That was a huge surprise. That was, like, after game one uh, on Moscow, people were like, okay, that, what just happened? Like, no one, I mean, it's not a blowout, but, like, no one beats Atlanta that cleanly that often. Then Atlanta bounced back and crushed them in Express Search and Destroy, they crush them in garrison control, and you're like, okay, all is right with the world. Atlanta is up 2-1. And then Seattle squeak out a raid hard point, 250-232. And then they win standoff 6-4. So both, you know, game four and game five were super close. So you add all that up, and you go, yes, it's a disappointment for Atlanta, but I think people, you just at first glance, you know, people go, oh, Atlanta lost two matches, one to Rocker, one to Surge. That is horrible. But you really break it down and you go like, it's it's not that bad. It's not encouraging, but it's not atrocious. So where Atlanta ends up, you know, or like how they look in um, in this final in, in champs, like I'm going to be really interested to see. I think they're going to prepare a lot. I know there were some talks that like, you know, Atlanta wasn't trying like super hard at this major, like. They didn't want to show their cards or anything, but like I don't know how much I buy that. I think they just honestly had a disappointing, you know, couple of matches. So that'll happen. I'm sure they'll they'll prepare really well for whoever they get in their first match. But um, I, I think that's one of the more intriguing storylines is just how does Atlanta bounce back? You know, now that we're at champs, so we'll see. Yeah, that's that's gonna be an interesting storyline, and that's actually a, a perfect segue into uh, the futures market for the CDL championship. So to win champs, um, um, now there's there's actually some huge potential right here for value. So uh, I'm actually looking at two different books. I'm looking at Betway Esports, and I believe the lines here are basically the same, if not similar to Bovada slash Bodog. Um, I think they're basically the same, um, but the Bet365 lines are very, very different, substantially different. And I'll say both of them. So on Bet365, Atlanta is plus 100, Toronto is plus 300, Minnesota is plus 500, Optic is plus 550, Dallas is plus 600, Subliners is plus 5,000, 
LA Thieves are plus 6,600, and Florida is plus 10,000, or 100 to 1. So you bet $1 in Florida, you would win $100 and be extremely lucky and then immediately get hit by lightning. Anyways, on Betway, um, Atlanta Face is actually the favorite. So on, on Bet365, they are even. Um, on on Bodog, you have to on, on bet on Betway you have to pay. Um, it, it's a slightly less than even, it's a minus one hundred six. So you'd have to pay like a like if you assuming a, a unit for you is ten dollars, you have to pay ten dollars and sixty cents, or actually no, ten dollars and six cents, I think. Um, or no, no, it's ten dollars and sixty cents. Uh, Toronto is plus two fifty five, which is lower than on Betway. So bet, uh, it's lower than on Bet three six five. So Bet three six five is a better price for Ultra. Optic is plus six hundred, which is actually a better price. That's a, that's a better price for Optic on Betway than on, on Bet365. Minnesota, plus 700. That's an additional plus 200 on top of their Bet365 price. So if you are a Minnesota fan, um, you should be uh, making a Betway account right now. Um, and Dallas is plus 800 as compared to on Bet365. Dallas is plus 600. So again, a hu- another plus 200 discrepancy there. Subliners is plus 2,500 on, bet- on Betway which is half the price of Bet365. So if you are a Subliners fan, find a, a, a UK VPN and get on that really quickly. Um, and Thieves are plus 5,000, um, which is lower than, which is actually a higher price than on uh, Bet365. Bet365 has them at 66 to 1. They're basically 50 to 1 on, on Betway. So you take the, take the Bet365 there. And Florida is down to 66 to 1 on Betway versus the 100 to 1 on Bet365. So some def- some differences there. It seems as though Bet365 has shifted the weight on some of the less favored teams and put it on the more favored teams. And Betway has kind of flattened them all out a little bit with the exception of Phase and Ultra. So then, but like that plus 700 on Minnesota and even that plus 800 on Dallas, I like the Minnesota one a little bit better. But I like my two, I'll, I'll say my two picks and I'll, I'll, I'll go to Ryan on this. My two picks are Ultra and Minnesota. Um, it sounds a bit crazy to just completely ignore phase and, and even optic to a, to some extent, but honestly, I kind of think that like Minnesota proof. Like, I don't want to just keep betting against Minnesota, right? Like, how many times does Minnesota have to beat us before we realize that Minnesota is a legitimate team, right? I mean, they three one phase, three one Dallas, three o Toronto. And then, okay, yes, they lost four straight to Toronto. Could be because they weren't warm, but then they immediately then turn around and then they five o Toronto, right? So I think if you if you bet a Minnesota and Toronto, if you put two two straight up on that, um, if you bet one unit on Toronto, one on Minnesota, I think you're pretty covered. Um, phase losing ex- like they have they have some weaknesses on this phase team. The fact that they lost, they they looked horrible. Like they had huge issues on hard point. They lost, I think, what all four hard points. All weekend, that's not a good sign. That was a, a mode that they usually relied on a lot. Their search and destroy again. They have weaknesses on search and destroy in Miami, on standoff, and potentially on express. Those are those are potential weaknesses that Toronto and Minnesota can definitely exploit. Miami less so for Toronto, but they can definitely exploit a standoff or a uh, express search and destroy against Atlanta. And also, if if um, Optic beats Subliners, which is probably expected, your Optic is then going to go against Atlanta, which Optic beat Atlanta the last time, and I think definitely could do it again. I'm like if that's the line, I'm probably betting if if Phase is the favorite against Optic, I'm still probably betting Optic there. Like I kind of think that. Uh, those are two good, and also the cool advantage of betting Optic and and Toronto. It sounds like a disadvantage, but they actually play round two. So if Minnesota beats Dallas, then Minnesota plays Toronto. 
and we'll talk a bit about that later. But then at that point, then you're guaranteed if, if if one of them if Minnesota beats Dallas, which I expect, then you're basically guaranteed a team in the winners' finals. So at that point, then you're like you kind of have a tiered list to get into the finals. So you actually have a kind of you kind of fix it yourself a little bit that way. So what are, what are your thoughts on that, Ryan? Who who do you like? Yeah. So um, these have kind of been the teams that I've liked the last few majors and. Um, Again, I'll, I'll put the caveat out there that my model doesn't really weigh um, recent performance as much as other models. I know yours has um, something in there to kind of wait for recent performance. So uh, my model really likes Atlanta, and I know it's like such a gross pick after what we've seen from them lately. But um, I think even if I didn't, if my model just didn't exist and I had just been watching the CDL all year, I still think I might bet Atlanta because the thing about like you know betting on sports or whatever is it's essentially a stock market you know and and prices fluctuate with team performance and I think right now is the best time to buy Atlanta and you know buying a team to win a tournament at even money isn't like super appealing to a lot of people but if it's value it's value and I think I think the number might actually grow over the next week because I think more people are going to talk themselves into like well, Atlanta just got double bounced and out to, you know, Minnesota and Seattle. And it's like, that could happen again at champs, you know, it's like, what we last saw really sticks in people's minds. So yeah, my model really likes Atlanta uh, to win the tournament. I've crunched the numbers last night, I have them winning about 60% of the time, 61% of the time, which, again, might seem high, but at the tournament, you know, they're the overall number one seed. They get to play optic or subliners. Two teams, you know, who have been good. Neither have won a major, but both have been, you know, competitive teams all year. It's it'll be interesting to see where New York ends up if you know Clayster's back in the lineup. I I don't know if that's confirmed yet, but it looks like he'll be back and kind of their you know their lineup that took them to a grand finals uh, at major three. Uh, that lineup should be back, so that would be Clayster Mac. Uh, ASIM and Hydra. Uh, and then Optic have, you know, been a good team all year. They've, they've beaten Atlanta once. Um, but kind of all year they've been that, you know, third or fourth best team, I think, in most people's eyes. So, uh, yeah, if you're Atlanta, if you're Toronto, like, you don't have to worry about playing in round one. That's a huge boost to your overall odds. Um, you, re- you have to win one game if you're either of those teams and you're in winner's finals. And, um, yeah, if you win two games, you're in the grand finals and both of those teams are set up really well to win a grand finals. Obviously Atlanta have won their fair share. Toronto won a major earlier this year. Um, control and search and destroy matter, matter a little bit more in a grand final, uh, cause you play those modes a little more often than you would in a best of five, just with how the maps are set up and whatnot. So yeah, all that being said, Atlanta, I don't think is a bad value at even money. So if you can get over the fact that they have looked not themselves lately, um, like even at the last, you know, major before major five, uh, the first land major, like on the whole thing, and they didn't even look good. So it's like, you know, Atlanta could come out, have a bad, you know, couple of matches and lose both like we saw last week, or they could come out, not look themselves and still win a major. It's, you know, there's a very fine line between winning and losing in this league, and Atlanta has, you know, rode that line very well over the last, you know, couple of months. 
So Atlanta, I like, and I think Toronto, you know, the next best odds are pretty good too. Um, I'd like if there was more value further down on the board, there's one other team that I think could be viable, but um, yeah, Toronto at uh, 300, you know, plus 300, I think that's decent value. I have them winning the tournament about 25% of the time, about a quarter of the time. Um, And again, a lot of that is attributed to the fact that they don't have to play in round one. And when you don't run that risk of getting knocked down to, you know, losers round one, that's a big, big boost. Um, Yeah. So, so Atlanta or Toronto, I think if you want to just double stack those two, that could be good enough. Because uh, again, one or maybe both of those teams are going to be in winners' finals, and then you know if both those teams make it, you guarantee yourself someone in grand finals. But a team further down the board, I really kind of like, and I'm curious to see where their number goes is uh, New York. And I mean, we mentioned that their lineup's coming back to uh, what it was at uh, the uh, end of Major Three. I think you know, assuming that Clayster's back in the lineup and Diamond Con subs out again. I think New Yorker, you know, if you get them at 50 to 1, I think it's it's viable. Um, you get a Chicago team that, like, you know, it's not FaZe, it's not Toronto, it's not the Red Hot Rocker, it's a beatable Chicago team. Uh, and then you get Atlanta in a best of five if you win that, which is where you want them, you know, on their first match. It's a best of five. New York's been there and they've beaten Atlanta in a best of five before. Uh, the one thing I worry about with New York is just they're not set up to win a grand finals. And we saw it in Major 3. They got absolutely blitzed by FaZe. Like, when you're not great at control like they are and Search isn't a phenomenal mode for you either, like, that's going to hurt. And they're a good hard point team, and that's great. But um, they they got to show some sort of improvement in Search and or control um, at some point over the course of the tournament before they would get to a grand final. So, all in all... Atlanta, I like. Toronto, I like a decent bit. And then if you want to go way down the board, I think New York's good. The teams in the middle, I struggle with. Minnesota, you know, Dallas, Chicago. I don't see those teams winning the tournament. I mean, obviously there's a chance they could win, but just starting in that first round really makes it risky. And then uh, Florida and Thieves, you can just throw in the trash. I mean, their numbers are huge, but uh, if you're one of those teams, you have to win five straight um, and you're going to probably be underdogs in every one of those matches. So, um, yeah, just throw those teams aside unless they get to just an astronomical number, but I really don't see that happening. Well, actually, um, I have an update on your uh, New York Subliners price. So while we have been talking, oh. they have already come down on Bet365. They are now down to 20 to 1. Um, still, uh, still 50 to 1, right? Yeah, still 25 to 1, and also... Oh. They're still twenty five to one on on the other books, but if you come to the to the lines, the line of so thank thank God this happened before we got there. Uh, the line for the subliners optic game has changed massively. Optic was a minus four hundred favorite for a while. They're now down significantly. Um, either the book found out about Clayster or a bunch of people threw money on thinking it's Clayster. So uh, you're not alone in thinking that New York was a was some good value there. Um, Man, yeah, we should have recorded this podcast an hour ago, I guess. <laughs> uh, I mean, yeah. actually, it's better because now we, we get to react more to the environment. So, and and I think you True. liked it at twenty five to one, even more than the fifty to one. So that's that's fair. I'm actually going to take the opposite um, approach. To, I'm going to disagree with you on the subliners, and I'll say why. But first, we'll have to get into the first matchup we're going to have here. Um, 
Dallas versus Minnesota. So let's go through the let's go through the matches, and then we can talk, talk about other hypothetical matches. Minnesota versus Dallas. Minnesota is now an underdog. They're plus one hundred on so bet plus one hundred or even on on bet three six five on um, on Betway, and I'm assuming Bodog. Uh, they are also they're they're actually plus one hundred five, so slightly better money line price on 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 Bodog on on bet on Betway. Um, plus one hundred Dallas minus one thirty eight Minnesota plus one and a half minus two hundred Dallas minus one and a half plus one fifty over four and a half plus one sixty two under four and a half minus two twenty five. I um I I like Minnesota here. I think I think Dallas was kind of Dallas came up. They had a good run for a bit. Um, I don't know. They maybe they're like I don't know. They seemed to struggle a bit in that last tournament, right? I mean, they 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 opened up. They won game one hard point against Minnesota, but they just struggled against them in all those other maps. Um, they eventually, I think, I believe they put down Thieves, but that was that was far less easy than it sounded. And then they get kind of basically slaughtered by Optic on uh, on that on that Saturday. Uh, or no, sorry, Sunday Sunday morning game or afternoon game, whatever. That didn't look great. I mean, to lose Minnesota, scrape out a win against Thieves, kind of. I mean, it was four maps, but not particularly comfortable. And then, like, I'm not loving this. This um, these I'm not loving the, the Dallas here. I am uh, actually I have my model has Minnesota as the favorites in this game. My my model has Minnesota as a minus one twenty four favorite. Uh, what do you see in this game? Uh, I do have Dallas favored, and again, um, this kind of goes as a you know it's taking into the the whole year into account more so than recent performance. But um, yeah, no, this should be a really really good match. Uh, so I have about a sixty forty in favor of Dallas, which does seem high to be honest. But um, what I will say is, if you like Minnesota, just bet them now because I don't see any way where this line stays where it is because people are gonna like. For a number of reasons. One is Minnesota just beat Dallas in the major in four maps, and pretty convincingly, um, they lost the game one hard point. Uh, Dallas this or uh, Minnesota lost the game one hard point, one seventy to two fifty, which is a bit of a blowout. Um, and then Minnesota bounced back. They won six four on Miami, three one on Control, and two fifty to one ninety six on uh, Checkmate hard point. So. Yeah, there's one data point you can look at and be like, oh, here's why Minnesota makes sense. They just beat Dallas. Uh, And then, yeah, just going back to Dallas's recent performances, it's been a lot of close matches. It's kind of hard to find a trend with them. Like, um, they were uh, part of the last uh, Stage 5 match before the Major. They played Toronto, and uh, they beat them in four games, although it was very, very close. So they go into the the major having beat Toronto that's a big big win and yeah you're right they get into the major and like it's a so-so performance for them like they lose to Minnesota in four that's a bit of a surprise although you know Minnesota are a better team now than they were two weeks ago uh yeah they beat LA Thieves but that was about as close as it could be for a four-game match uh they kind of squeaked by in maps two three and four and then yeah they play Chicago and they lose in four again uh, one was a total blowout. Their win was a uh, round eleven, game two, and um, yeah, a couple of close losses in game three and four. So it's it's been a you know an up and down sort of last month or so for Dallas. Whereas Minnesota, like everyone in the world that follows the CDL, knows that Minnesota is 
you know, the hottest team in the league right now. So I do see this number moving to a point where Minnesota is a pretty clear cut favorite, like, like somewhere in the minus, you know, 120, 130 range. And I think Dallas maybe end up around even money. Um, if that's the case, then I think I would go on to Dallas or maybe just hedge it both ways. Like just bet Minnesota now. And then once Dallas becomes the plus money, just bet Dallas then, and you're guaranteed a profit. Uh, something like that, you know, if you really don't have any sort of feel to this game, I think that's where this ends up. So um, it's a really intriguing match. These teams have played each other a ton this year. Um, I do see it being a Dallas win despite what Rocker just did. Um, But yeah, I wouldn't be shocked at all if it goes to a full, you know, five maps and is a heck of a series to kick off the major. Yeah, that's uh, that's, that's an interesting point. I mean, if it was five, that'd be really cool. but honestly, like I, I'm just I'm sick and tired of doubting Rocker. Like at this point, like what more do they have to prove to show us that they're an elite team? And we're getting plus money a team that the model thinks should win and that has just had that phenomenal run and a team that I kinda think is trending down. I'll take that I'll take that any day of the week. Um it, so the loser of this match will go on and play Thieves in the losers bracket at Oh, so these are later that day. Yes, it's later that day. That'd be six o'clock Eastern. So, um, Mm -hmm. or no, it's the four match set. So it's okay. One thirty Pacific. One thirty Pacific or twelve Pacific time is three o'clock Eastern. One thirty is two. One thirty is four thirty. Three three o'clock would be six o'clock, and then four thirty would be seven thirty at night. That's the late game. PDT would be Pacific Daylight Time. So okay, mm-hmm. um, so then so that's an so that could be an interesting matchup. I gotta think. So right now I got Dallas in there. I don't know. Thieves goes home. I like. I don't know. Yeah. I don't. Yeah. I don't trust this Thieves team. I don't like. I think Dallas can beat them again. Maybe there's an upset if the if the if the numbers are that good. Maybe if we can get like a really nice number, like a plus one fifty on a plus one and a half. Maybe I take that. But if not, I probably take the the minus one and a half for Dallas on this. We'll, we'll have to see, but I think uh, that's kind of where I'm thinking on that. What do you, what do you think? Do you see, do you see hope for the, uh, for the uh, potentially last run of of this, the East team? Yeah. I mean, they could beat Dallas or Minnesota, whoever falls to them. Um, But again, am I ever confident on picking, you know, (laughs) who's going to win in a thieves match? No, I I have no idea what's going to happen. So you know, that one, I'm not really interested in betting either way, unless it's some sort of crazy, like, you know, like if Minnesota or Dallas looks real bad, and then they got to play Thieves later that day, like, honestly, I don't know what I'd do, because usually when that happens, when, like, you know, we're going through the regular season, and there's group play, you know, we always talk about how when a team maybe has a subpar uh, match versus another team, that it might be a good idea to actually back them in their next match, which is usually, you know, the day after, two days after, the next week, whenever it is. But it's tough if, you know, if Minnesota falls flat or Dallas fall flat, and then they got to play Thieves in, you know, two hours. Like, I don't know. I think Thieves, maybe with the preparation time and just the, I don't know, better vibes, I guess you'd call it, from not having lost earlier... That, yeah, maybe Thieves could be the play, but am I willing to, like, back them in any way, shape, or form? Absolutely not. So uh, that'll just be interesting for me to watch. I think 
the loser bracket games uh, on Thursday are going to be really interesting. I hope, obviously, the winner's bracket games are very good, too. But I think there could be a lot of drama that comes with these, uh, uh, with the Thieves game and with the Florida game later that night. But um, in terms of, like, who I expect Thieves to play, I would expect probably Minnesota. I know that's kind of crazy, but whoever it is, I think that team should be favored over Thieves in a vacuum should be favored over Thieves, but again, I don't know how the whole, you know, losing that same day plays into it, because I don't think we've really had a match this year where teams lost and then had to play later that day. We've had um, we've had scenarios where teams will win, and then they'll play again later at a major, but um, yeah, generally when you lose, you get knocked down to losers, and you play the next day against somebody that you get to watch prior, so just a weird dynamic with the the loser, how the bracket's set up. So I don't know how that'll play out. I don't know if you have any sort of hunch on that. I'm just kind of interested to see how that all shakes out. My personal opinion on this loser's bracket is that with the probable exception of Optic versus Florida, all these matches are basically 50-50. Dallas is a bit more favored over Thebes, but like that could go either. Like I, I, I could see anything going any way except... I think Optic pretty soundly beats Florida. I think that's the only one that I don't, I don't see happening. Um, now, there's a huge admission there, the fact that I see... That means I see Florida beating New York, which we'll talk about in a second. But, yeah, um, I think uh, I think some interesting stuff could happen. So, anyway, so we'll use that. We'll, we'll kind of use that as a segue to get to the next one. Optic versus Subliners. Again, as we were talking, that brand new price there. Um... Right now, the op- New York is down to plus 200. Optic is still at minus 275 on the money line on bet 365. New York, plus 1.5, plus 100. Optic, minus 1.5, minus 138. That was minus 188 when we started this call. Uh, New York subliners, over 3.5, minus 250. Optic, under 3.5, plus 175. I have... So this is kind of interesting because I, my model always had this as a closer matchup than the betting lines, and it still does. My my model has optic as less as like a less strong favorite than the betting lines, but like I'm not. I still don't love that. Like I don't like New York. I think this team's chemistry has like been irreparably damaged, and I'm not gonna take. Like I'm not gonna take. Uh, I'm not taking this New York team until I can actually see they're doing something. So like if that optic line gets low enough or it's close enough to my model, I'm taking the. Uh, I'm taking the uh, I'm taking optic here. What what are your thoughts? You're I think you're on New York, so give me a give me a good counterpoint to that. Go ahead. Yeah, for sure. This might be the most we've disagreed all year, and it's exciting because it's champs now. But yeah, no, I actually think as crazy as it sounds that New York with Clayster back, like I like this value on whatever you want to bet. Like the plus one and a half, I think is phenomenal. I like that even more than any like future you could make. You know, on Atlanta or Toronto or whoever you like, like. Back in New York, I think in this match might make a lot of sense. And here's the thing I want to point to. So New York at the major, they looked okay. Like they did not fall flat like a lot of people thought they would with Diamond Con back in and Clayster out. You know, they they had some easy matches, granted, but they still looked okay. And I think people were pleasantly surprised by that. So I'll just rip through what they did. Um, their first match was versus LAG, a team that's been in the basement. Now, it took them five games to win, but New York looked pretty good and, like, like you go game by game, and it was a pretty convincing win despite going five games. They um, 
They beat them 250-178 in the Garrison Hardpoint. They lose game two search, 6-4. They blow uh, uh, checkmate control out of the water, 3-0. LAG squeaks by on Apocalypse, 250-238, to and what was a crazy comeback. Like you said, Apocalypse is swingy. That is a perfect map to like showcase that. Uh, I thought for sure New York was going to close it out, but LAG just mounted an insane comeback. And then New York win a 6-4 express search. That was pretty close. But overall, you add all that up, and New York won pretty convincingly. Um, then they played played Florida and brought in the reverse sweep. A very impressive performance, considering this is a team that doesn't, at the time, right, when they played, like, Clayster's not on this team. You would think that, like, if they're going to reverse sweep anybody, you kind of need a guy like Clayster, but they proved that that's not the case. And they kind of squeaked by in game three, four, and five, but they got it done. And, like, hats off to them. A lot of people were counting them out, especially after having to go five games versus LAG. Then they run into uh, Thieves, and they lose in four games. Again, a stupidly close series, though. They lose Checkmate Hardpoint 234-250. They lose Standoff in around 11. They crush it on Raid Control 3-0. And then they lose by six points on Apocalypse again. So a couple really crushing Apocalypse losses, um, you know, around 11 loss in there, uh, and a couple other really, really close hard point games. So all those results, you know, considering that Clayster wasn't in the lineup and that they really didn't have a ton of time to practice with Diamond Con, like, I don't want to say I'm impressed with what New York did, but like, I'm kind of impressed. And now I think Clayster getting back in the lineup will help things. I know... There was a little bit of drama with him, you know, like trying to prove to the team that they need him. But actually, I think this tournament kind of proved that they were okay without him. Um, you know, having started it in losers round one is is tough. So, you know, they got a couple of wins, you know, ran into thieves and lost a really heartbreaker of a series. But um, it is what it is. I think going up against Chicago is tough, um, but I think they're pretty close. I do have Chicago as the better team. Uh, right now, my model says Chicago wins this about 58% of the time. But when you take into account those numbers, like New York has some value. So, um, yeah, I will back New York. And, um, yeah, we'll see if that pays off. Obviously, Clayster might come back onto the team. The chemistry might be a little thrown off, and and that's it for them. I, they would get bounced down to losers at that point. But, um yeah, I'm curious to see. I think New York have become a very volatile team just with the roster moves that they've been doing. Um, and again, what's really important for them if they want to win champs is like they have to show improvement in uh, control or search or both because uh, those game modes are absolutely crucial uh, to their success. So I'm going to take New York, um, not to win, but the value on them uh, in the betting market I think is there. So Give me New York, and yeah, I I mean, I'd like to see Optic win. I, I would like to see either team win. I'm just excited for this matchup. Yeah, I, I, I tend to agree with, with that. I You're not crazy when you say there's value on New York. There there definitely is. The issue, though, is that it's perceived value. Like, for example, obviously you take Diamond Con out, put Clayster in. Who's a better player? It's Clayster, right? So therefore, theoretically, of course, if you're looking at pure ones and zeros, New York is a better team with Clayster than with Diamond Con, 100%. And by that metric, if you if you sub that out and you plug that in, then you're like, okay, well then there's value on New York because they just be got, became better. The problem with that 
is is this team drama is the fact that Clayster leaving the team has clearly like there was clearly issues in earlier in that stage right they had what was it i think 3 matches before or two or, yeah 3 matches cuz then they lost they lost they went 05 at the stage or no maybe they won the one game i think they won the first game with uh, diamond con but this is the point right they they went 03 in the stage clayster leaves to go to Cancun or fly away or something. Then Asim says, oh yeah, no, he left because he wanted to prove that we were nothing without him. Which, alone, the fact that he said that, like, this is the thing, right? And you can make the argument that, oh, no, no, the Glacier will come back and they'll all be fine. But the fact that Asim felt comfortable enough to say that means that he is not the only one who has a problem with Clayster on this team. Now, maybe they bench a seam. Maybe it's not Diamond Khan's being swapped out. Maybe it's a seam that's being swapped out for Clayster. I don't know. That's, that could be a very interesting... That's a very interesting question I just came up with there. But the problem with this, though, is that there is very clearly some animosity between Clayster and the rest of this team. That A seam would not have said that if that was not the case. Because that's so risky that he could just... Inst- if Because if, then the fact that... You make the point that they did okay without Clayster, and yeah, they, they exceeded expectations, but not the expectations that this team has had in stage three and stage four, they vastly underperformed those expectations. They should not have taken five maps to take out LAG. They shouldn't have taken five maps to take out Florida. Florida should have beaten them in that series. It is so abundantly clear that they should have. Like they've they've gone down 0-2 to Florida twice now in majors, and then reverse swept them two times, which is an insane stat. And again, it's begging for that to be reversed. It, it, that stat is literally begging Florida to finally pull, pull uh, put like finish off New York in, in, a, in a best of five at some point. It's just begging for that. I, like, I'm not, I'm not loving this. I mean, sure, yeah, Clayster could come back and they get the band all back together and everybody could be happy and they could go on, on an insane run, but I think the very act of what happened, the fact that Clayster left and the fact that he's back means that the team said, okay, fine, we need Clayster, but at that point, then you're still pissed at him that you need him. Maybe the, maybe Clayster made the decision, and the and the, man, the 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 managers and the coaches said no, Clayster's playing, and then you're pissed at them for that. And I I, I just I'm not loving this team chemistry right now. I think I think there's been some issues. I mean, we heard rumor that apparently Clayster was going to go to Dallas after after they dropped Hook because remember the remember we heard in, in the last summer that Hook basically offered to go play Valorant to keep the four of them together, and they said they told him no, Clayster left, and then now. Here we are. They drop Hook, and Clayster wants to go back to Dallas, and that would have been around that time that they started their decline. And and this is the problem when you're looking at this. There is a lot of reasons why this team coming back together might not click. And, and I mean, sure they could beat they could beat Optic, and my model actually has them as 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 basically better odds than the books that get to beat Optic than than they are getting from the from the bookies. But at the same point in time, it would not if they if New York goes O two and drops out. I am not surprised. I'm not surprised if, if Optic 3-0s or 3-1s them, and then immediately Florida 3-0s or 3-1s them. I would not be surprised at all. Um, yeah, me neither. Me neither. But, so, do you think the like team chemistry, the team dynamic, can be fixed if New York come out and beat Chicago? Because I think it can. Like, I think it would help. when those guys sit down, yeah, when, it, when New York sits down to play Chicago, like, I think everyone on that team, on New York, is going to want to prove that, like, they are a vital part to that team. Clayster included, 
you know, ASIM. Like, everyone, I think, is going to be like, okay, this is the team we have. Let me go out there and fry and do it against, you know, the team with the biggest fan base in the league in Chicago. So, like, yeah, I mean, in my head, this game is like a straight-up toss-up, despite New York, you know, being a very tough team to figure out just with, yeah, the roster moves and all that and having to worry about the team dynamic. But I think when the time comes, like you set aside your differences and you just play COD and but they could I think the team will remember that's true. That's true. I think Clayster maybe just needed a break. Like you talk about a guy who's been through the ringer over the years and he's been through it the most. So, and when you're that old, I say when you're that old, he's like what, 29, I think I'm, Um, but he's really old. He's barely older than me. Like he's he's just like yeah. a couple of years older than me, but like Clayster at this point in his career, like I mean he's had, he has a lot of earnings, obviously. So you know if he wants to take a major off and go to Mexico or whatever, like okay, that's fine. You know if you think you're going to retire soon, like that, you know whatever. Like he can kind of he's doing kind of what Aaron Rodgers is doing in the NFL. Like he's taking his sweet time, doing what he wants, trying to fit, you know. Maybe That's work some comparison. leverage to get to a different team. And actually, Clayster's a Packers fan, and I am too, and this offseason's been chaotic for me as a Packers fan. But that set aside, like, I, it's not surprising to see that Clayster took some time off. I think now that it's champ's time, he wants to be back. He wants to prove that, like, he can make this team better. And I think the other guys know that too. I think they know, right, Clayster's a really good COD player. Um, even though he's like the oldest in the league by far, that like he helps the team with what he does. So put aside your differences and the drama and whatever and just play COD, prepare for Chicago, beat them. And like you beat Chicago and now it's like, okay, New York could definitely go on a run and win this whole freaking thing. Like, do I think that'll happen? No. Uh, I have them winning this tournament about 2% of the time. So you play it out 50 times, I think they get it once, but it's tough. It's 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 just interesting to figure out. I think New York are maybe the most interesting single team coming into this major just because you're right. I think they could lose 0-3-0-3 or something like that. I think, too, they could come out and surprise a lot of people and make a pretty good run, like at least to Sunday. So, or... I guess there's only one game on Sunday. So maybe to Sunday, but at least deep into Saturday. So we'll see how it plays out. One thing I will say is um, I the one concern I have is that when, when subliners were at peak, when they were at like peak stage three, you'd see some of these like hard points or these controls and you'd see Mac going like double positive, like 1.5, 2.0 in some of these. He'd be like plus 10, plus 20, plus 15 kills and some of the stuff. He's not doing that anymore. Now, is it possible that Clayster enables him to do that when, when Clayster's at peak and, and, and everything works fine and, and, and Mac is just able to pick up all these kills? Sure, 100%. But I know we've questioned Mac in the past on this podcast, and he has not been performing very well in the last little bit. I think I think like people are going to say it's a seam. No, no, it's literally Mac. Can Mac get back to that like double-digit positive slaying in some of these maps? If he can't, I'm not sure that they're going to go very far. I, I like I, I, Clayster is an important piece to this team, but if you're at the point where people like you literally leave to say you guys are not you guys are nothing without me, that says a lot about your leadership style and your chemistry and not positive things about your leadership style. So 
I'm. This is gonna be a very interesting thing. I. I. But I kind of think it's really bimodal. Like it's literally like they put it all back together. They beat. Um. They beat Optic. Then they beat Phase, and then they end up in the winners' finals, or they go out 0-2. Like they they lose the first round, and then lose losers round one two. Like I feel like that it's literally that bimodal. That it's one of those two things. Yeah, that's why they're the most interesting team in the league, I think. And you know, it's it'll be interesting to see how it plays out. Now, how it'll actually play out is like. You know, they'll lose to Chicago and then bounce back and win versus Florida. And it'll be somewhere in the middle and we'll be like, they'll finally, they'll, I don't know what to think of New York. And yeah, that'll the, be that. <laughs> the third, third reverse sweep. The third yeah, reverse yeah. sweep. They'll, they'll get reverse swept by Chicago and then they will reverse sweep Florida because Florida are just the kings of getting reverse swept, I guess. Florida is such... An interesting team. <laughs> and like, we're going to, we, we're going to talk at some point. Are about they Russia. though? I feel like. I feel like Florida are maybe the most like vanilla team we have. Like they are well, interesting is, a middle of the pack team yeah. and they're starting in losers round one. I shouldn't have said interesting. I should have said like interesting as to like where you go from here at the end of the season. Because that's True. that's what I yeah. should have said. Because we're going to have a, a roster mania podcast. I'm not completely sure what's going on. We have a couple ideas for it, but you'll definitely hear from us about it. But like so many questions about what you do to this roster. Do you keep it? Do you get rid of it? Do you keep some pieces? Do you try to go back to get Frosty from Halo? So many questions about what the real problem is on this roster. So that's an interesting thing. But again, we're we're talking so little about Florida and Thieves. We're just not giving them any love at all. It just feels like we've literally kind of locked in and be like, all right, here we go. Here are the top six teams of the eight teams. And then we're just going to ignore the bottom two teams. And they're just there basically as filler. And they're just going to immediately get knocked out, which is an interesting take. Not gonna lie, it's a it's a pretty interesting take, but um, I think there's there's some interesting things that that could go along with this, right? I think, I mean, Florida. I think Florida could take out New York. Could Florida take out Optic in front of live fans? Ooh, I don't know. I don't think Florida's played in front of live fans. Like most of this Florida team is probably not. I don't think Awakening. Oh no, uh, no, Awakening has not played in front of live fans. He still has not. He's played on land, but not in front of live fans. I don't think Neptune has. Havoc has, and I think Skies have, because they played, I believe, in uh, in 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 Black Ops Four. But like, that's a very that's an interesting key factor of like, will they be able to? One of the reasons why opt um, by thieves are probably able to take out New York so easily is because all those guys have played in front of fans. You look at John Slasher, um, all of them, Kenny. They all have it. I think with the exception, obviously, of Draza. But like, that's still three fourths of your team. If you're looking at like half your team not playing in front of live streaming fans. Eek. That's not a. That's not optimal, as they would say. So yeah, I mean, Florida. Like, yeah, you talk about their experience. Their only experience in front of fans for if you're Awakening, if you're Neptune, like you got reverse swept. That's the one match you have in front of live fans. You got reverse swept by a New York team. No, that wasn't that, in front of to fans. a lot of people. Remember, oh, fans that's right. Fans that's only right. came that Saturday and Sunday. Yeah. Fans. Yeah. Oh yeah. That's even. That's Never mind thing. then. But even still, like Florida, your land you know, experience you has, not been, major. has not been good. No, yeah, your land experience hasn't been good, and you just lost to a New York team that a lot of people were calling, like, what looked like a challengers team, you know? like and Wow, throwing my words comparison. back at me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, kind of, yeah. I mean, I still, I, I, I stand by that, and I, I don't think the results from that from that major just proved me wrong. I, I still think they they were basically a challengers team at that point. But I, know, I agree, I agree. Yeah. Yeah. It, was a, it was a good comp. Anyway. So, now moving on to the winner's final, I think that might be it for us for today, because there's just too many variations and permutations after that. So, if if we assume Optic wins, it's Phase versus Optic. If it's New York, it's 
it's a New York versus FaZe. Who do we have here? I'm tempted to fade FaZe. I don't buy the argument that they weren't trying or they weren't trying to give out strats. No, I don't buy that. I think there's like I, I you could see a very strong argument where there's like internal problems in phase like you can see an argument where like they are underperforming because there's the pressure on them now and the problem is I think when you get to these super teams and you see this in other sports too, you see this in like the NBA, when you put together a super team of like the top stars, if they stop mesh meshing and stop working well together, then you're screwed. And I think that this phase team, I think if, if there are issues now and people start blaming each other for, for what happened there, I think this might go very poorly very fast. Um, now, that being said, again, the problem is with that whole thing is that their entire season was built for this, basically. After, after they lost in the finals last year, they felt they were the best team last year, and very strong argument they were. And they've definitely been the best team this year. And I think they were like, it's his chances are thing to come and get. And the problem is, is when you're all focused on that one goal, if you start falling short, then people start like, I, I'm, I worry about their cohesiveness and chemistry on this. I worry they're going to start blaming each other. What are you concerned about that? Or do you think, uh, do you think the optic, an optic team that's just going to be hyped from a, a, a win over uh, New York is going to be right for the picking here? What do you think? I mean, I don't worry about their team chem like any more than I worry about Chicago or New York for that matter. Like every team struggles with that, I think. I think like maybe Minnesota doesn't. They feel like a cohesive group. Toronto doesn't really. Um, but every other team, I think you can make an argument that there, there's some sort of rift there in some way, shape, or form. You know, Chicago is a very like vibey team. And that can go one of two ways, you know, it's like if you don't do your preparation and you, you go in overconfident, that could hurt you. New York, we've talked about their, you know, struggles with Clayster and kind of the team dynamic might be a little thrown off. And yeah, you're right, FaZe maybe got a little overconfident in the last major, and that's why they lost two matches in a row to teams that they should have beat. Now, coming into this major, do I expect that to happen again? No. And I don't think a lot of people do. What I would worry about if I was FaZe is if New York come out and just beat Chicago very convincingly, which, you it's know, possible. is probably unlikely to happen, but it could have, like, New York could come out and 3-0 Chicago. Then what do I think about a New York-Atlanta match? Boy, I I don't know. I, I would be so to see wh- how that would play out, because we've seen New York take out Atlanta before, and now you have a chance to do it after a convincing winner's round one win over a team you were an underdog to. Now you're going to be underdogs again, and it's like, yeah. There's just so many like hypotheticals that could go into that match of like a New York dominant win scares me if I'm going to bet FaZe just because right New York are that team that could just stay hot if they've clicked again. Um, I think an optic, a convincing win over New York that doesn't tell me a whole lot, right? Because if they 3-0 New York, it's like a lot of people can see that coming. And, you know, maybe that team dynamic for New York is not fixed and they're just not a team that can win champs. If it's somewhere in the middle where it's, you know, Chicago or New York kind of squeak by, then I'm happy with phased. Then I think, you know, the team going into that match knows, like, man, we just squeaked by New York or we just squeaked by Chicago. Now we got FaZe to deal with. Yes, they've been not themselves lately, but whew, that's going to be a challenge. And I think FaZe will enjoy getting to see as many maps as they can for whoever they play. 
So I think FaZe wants to see a game five for whoever, you know, for New York, Chicago. They want to see a game five. They want to see the strats. They want to see all that stuff. So in terms of what you're going to do, I think if it's a convincing win for New York, I would pretty much steer clear of betting just because that scorched earth New York team could continue. Um, and that just worries me a lot. If it's a Chicago convincing win, I don't think you can put a ton into that. Like, you know, a 3-0 is a 3-0 against anybody. But against this New York team, that's really hard to figure out. It's hard to put a lot of stock into that. But if it's somewhere in the middle, I think that might be the time to pick phase. But we'll see how it plays out because it could be any number of things. So it's tough. But yeah, phase will be favored against whoever comes out of it, I think, no doubt. I, 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 depending on who it is, if it's at Scorched Earth, New York, I could definitely see a bet on New York. I can also see a bet on Chicago. It's going to depend on what the line is, right? Is the line like phase minus 200, minus one and a half, minus one, like it depends on what that line is. And we'll have to see. I, I'm, my instinct is to bet against this phase team that they've built up too much around winning this around winning champs and they're now psyching themselves out. So but we'll have to see. I, I don't know. Can you imagine though? Sorry, one other thing. Yeah. Can you imagine though a Chicago like dominant win over New York, what their price would be going into that phase match? Like it could be like even money both sides no, or you know, like there's no way no? phase is so even with that I don't think so. Okay. I don't I don't think so. I you're still gonna get optic as a as a as a plus price. I guarantee you. I, I could be wrong and I, if I am I, I definitely could I could be wrong on that. But like, and, but the thing is, see that's the thing. See, like, I think you would get that. Like, here, if, if Face is a dog against an Optic team, you bet the Face team. But well, like, that's not going to happen. I'm just saying, no. if the line gets so short, then Face could be a really good play. But yeah, if it's minus one fifty, we'll yeah, you pick up Face. But anyways, yeah. the next game, and this is the one I've been wanting to talk about for a bit. This is actually going to be the first. This would theoretically be the first game on Friday. This is actually the noon east, the noon Pacific, which would be three o'clock Eastern. Ultra versus Minnesota, or Dallas. I'm penciling in Minnesota. I think we all kind of like Minnesota, but Dallas could get in here too. If it's Dallas, should be a really good game. Dallas has hurt a little bit, but they've, they've won the last two straight against New Toronto. Toronto will probably open the favorites in here, but I, I don't hate Toronto there. If it's Minnesota, and I literally I tweeted this out on Twitter, I literally circled the game and I said revenge, because that's exactly what it's going to be. It will literally be, this is the Toronto's revenge game. It'll be like, you took, that was our championship, and like, you, you cannot pay me money to bet on Minnesota in that game. Like, if it's Toronto versus Minnesota, I will not bet on Minnesota. I wish Toronto would be plus money. I don't think I'm going to get that, though. But like, no, this would be the, this is going to be Toronto's revenge game. This is going to be like, this is our revenge. What do you think about that? Do you think this is this will be if if it's Minnesota, this will be a Toronto team out for blood or, or not? What do you think? Yeah, I mean, I don't know. Toronto just kind of goes about their business, and I I respect the Toronto franchise so much. In my head, I think of them as like the Tampa Bay Rays of the COD League. In that, like, they're just a smart organization, and they just do things differently, and they try to find a competitive advantage in every possible way they can. And that's led them to the number two overall seed. And like, yeah, in my opinion, they're the second best team in the league. They should be favored over Minnesota, even if they beat Dallas. And they should be favored over Dallas if Dallas beat Minnesota. So I have so much respect for Toronto. I think they'll be favored in this match, even if it's Minnesota. 
And I think it could be such a good time to back them if Minnesota comes through and beats Dallas. Because, right, it wouldn't be surprising at all to see Minnesota favored over Toronto. I have honestly no clue if they would be. It might be, you know, like minus 110 or minus 120 on both sides. Because I think a lot of people will talk themselves into that, like, well, Toronto almost 5-0'd Minnesota. But then some people are going to go, well, yeah, but Minnesota five literally 5-0'd Toronto at the end of that series. And dominantly, right? Both sides. Like, it just was such a strange series. Um, I think if Dallas beats Minnesota, people are going to be really upset that they're not seeing that revenge series. So I think that's probably what we'll get because we never get what we want, right? We always get, you know, whatever we don't want. So I think Dallas, I know you penciled in Minnesota. I'll, I'll say Dallas, Toronto. And I think Toronto gets revenge from, you know, that pre, uh, that, that last match before major five where Dallas beat them, um, uh, 3-1. So I think either way, it's revenge for Toronto. Um, I think it probably goes to a map five, whoever they play. But uh, give me Toronto. I know it's chalk, but uh, give me Toronto and Atlanta to make winner's final. Um, New York maybe sneaky make it. That'll be my bold prediction is like New York goes crazy and somehow beats Optic and Atlanta. But at the end of the day, you know, I got to stick with my guns and Right now, it's Atlanta and Toronto. So, so what you're saying is a lot of a lot of potential for Toronto revenge games there. Infinite potential for Toronto revenge. Yeah, uh, it's going to be your revenge scenario, no matter how you slice it. And like, I just trust Toronto. Toronto, a lot of angry Canadians who are actually European. So that's fine. A lot of angry Europeans yes. then. <laughs> um, so anyway, so yeah, so that that is what I I feel on that. I, I'm assuming that Toronto is the favorite against either of these teams based on the prices. Toronto's at plus, because you look at the futures, right? Even Bet365, which has, or, well, the other one even, like Toronto plus 300, Minnesota plus 500, maybe. Maybe if they beat Optic, maybe that comes down a little bit. Maybe that gets down to like plus 250, so they're then a slight favorite over Toronto. Um, Dallas at plus 600, I think Toronto will be a favorite over Dallas. Minnesota has the chance of coming down. I don't, I don't know, especially if they look good against Dallas. Um, but if Toronto's plus money against Minnesota, yeah. And, and honestly, I don't, I'm not going to put anything on, on Minnesota in, in this. I, I don't, I don't trust them to, uh, to do that. Um, like I, I still think like, here's my take on this. If it's Minnesota versus Toronto and Toronto wins, goes on to the winner's finals, I think Minnesota... I, my sneaky finals is Minnesota-Toronto. That's my finals. Yeah, okay. I think, the I think same one we just saw. That would be crazy. <laughs> that, that would be, be That would be really cool. I mean, it's crazy that we'd see a re- exact replay of the last tournament, but it's very plausible because you'd see... I, I'd have, like, Optic over Phase, then um, Toronto over Optic yet again. Optic dropping down to the losers finals, and then somewhere in there, someone takes down Phase again. Then you get potentially like you get Minnesota taking down them. Minnesota Minnesota takes down Optic, and we're best in nine, and that's it. And yeah. I think that's the, I see that. I I don't know, and and that's why I really like the idea of betting like a unit on Toronto and a unit on Minnesota, and then and then because uh, you, you get a Minnesota Toronto finally have a unit on both, you're you're sitting pretty. You're like, yep, here we go. We're good. You, you don't have yeah. to. You don't. You can just sit back and and uh, root for the team you have at longer odds. Obviously, but you're uh, even if, if the lower team you have is at, is like plus three hundred, then you're like, okay, I'm I'm good here. 
So yeah, fair, fair enough, fair enough. I I like um, obviously I said I like Atlanta, I like Toronto, I like New York in terms of the futures market. So the way I I think it'll play out, and the way I I think it's a cool storyline if it does play out, is a phase over Toronto Grand Finals, which I know is very chalky, but. You know, it's Atlanta's revenge on Toronto for beating them in Major 2. And, like, I know that was forever ago. Haven't they had that but at already, the time, like, three times at least? I, I suppose. But, like, now they can do it in a Grand Finals, right? Because, right, Atlanta win Grand Final or uh, Major 1 versus Dallas, right? And then, yeah, Major 2 is two. a loss to Toronto. Major 3 is a win to New York. No. Major 4 is a win. No, da- no. Uh, Atlanta won Major 3. They beat them in the in the in the finals. Yes, but the, Atlanta over New York. Yeah, but yeah. the the thing was that was an Atlanta Toronto losers finals, and Atlanta won that. True, true. But I'm just saying in terms of a a grand finals revenge game. That's true. Yeah. Atlanta could finally get that on Toronto for, and I think that'd be a heck of a series. I think that would probably go eight, maybe nine games if it does. Um, so I'd like to see that. Obviously, you know, getting the top two teams there is probably not going to happen if you you know take into account every scenario that could play out but i would be totally happy if this is a chalky bracket and we see atlanta toronto you know optic minnesota Dallas. like just as long as it's not like a i don't know i'm trying to think of what the worst grand finals would be like florida face i don't know yeah if florida somehow go on a crazy run and like, yeah, yeah, they run into a juggernaut phase team or Toronto team, I guess. But yeah, I don't know. I'm I'm curious. I do think we are overlooking the losers bracket teams a little too much. I think one of them probably wins their opening match because again, with that that opening, um, you know, whoever loses right away on Thursday plays. has to play again. It's yeah, that that could be interesting. I think maybe Florida or Thieves pull out a win with that dynamic, maybe both, you know, they're, they're teams that could make a run. Do I think either team's going to win five straight and win the whole thing? No, but you know, crazier things have happened. So we'll see how it all plays out. But um, I'm thinking phase. I think most people are thinking phase. Um, But yeah, I'd love to see another Minnesota run. Obviously I'm a fan of theirs. I like Dallas too. You know, they've been so close. They have not won a major this year, but they got second twice. Um, major four, they you know took it to a game nine. So I'd like to see Dallas get revenge for their losses. I'd like to see Minnesota stay hot. I want to see a New York bounce back. If Optic make the grand final, that'll be hype, obviously. Um, so yeah, we'll see. It'll be a, a hell of a tournament, and I'm happy to see uh, how it just plays out. So the craziness of if Optic uh, finally peaks at the end and, and brings it all home, that would be uh, that'd be pretty crazy. One thing I will say, though, is in terms of when we're looking at uh, those losers bracket teams, they actually have less to prepare for than the winners bracket teams, right? Because the winners bracket teams, you have your first match. So for Optic, right, you're preparing for New York, and then you're preparing for Phase. So you're generally preparing for those two teams. But if you fall suddenly and you're up against Florida, are you really prepared for Florida, right? I I don't think it should be that big of a deal for Flo- for Optic, but, like, if you're New York, right, and you're, like, we're preparing for Optic and then we're going to prepare for FaZe, and then suddenly you're pre- playing Florida again, or even Dallas, right? If Dallas, I know, they're a classically humble team, but if they think that they're going to lose, if they think that they, if they think they're going to beat Minnesota and then go to play Toronto, and then suddenly they're thrust in front of a Thieves team that, I mean, I don't know, 
Who could play? We have no idea who could end up playing in this. Probably not. That's a joke. But again, we have no idea what thieves are gonna, thieves are going to throw at them, right? So like that's like if I had to pencil an upset, I kind of think thieves would be the upset. But again, if it's if it's if it's New York or Florida, I'm taking Florida there. So again, lots to see this in this next upcoming week. It's not this week. We're going to be releasing this probably tomorrow on Friday. We're recording this on the Thursday. Probably release this over the weekend or so, and then. Um, and then obviously that comes up next Thursday, and then we will—you'll uh, hear from us after that for our final CDL podcast for the 2021 season. And uh, yeah, we'll go from there. So thank you so much, Ryan, for coming on. It's a pleasure always to talk to you about COD. And yeah, uh, thank you for having me. You can follow me at CDL Metrics. Uh, yeah, you can make fun of all my tweets that I send out and and all that good stuff. But uh, yeah, no, I'm I'm excited for the end of the season, and um, yeah, it's sad to see. We're already at the end, but um, it is what it is. Mm-hmm. And it's it, the, but the best part is one of my favorite parts of the season, especially last year, was all the roster mania. When you get to see all these moves happening, that was really fun. I've got to say, like especially yes. the first couple weeks. Yes. I mean, nothing happened after that. But like when you start to see these teams come together and you have you start to form opinions about these teams, like which team is good, what was a good move, what was a bad move, etc. I think. Um, I think that was that was some pretty cool stuff. So uh, we'll see, and uh, yeah. Um, We'll see you guys soon.